0: and fellow printers Jillian here from Studio Soprano and of course I am joined by the effervescent soon-to-be bride <laughs> Mariah of Mariah Creates Yay. and we are back baby Woo. for another season of Hot Off The Press.
1: Crazy. Absolutely crazy.
0: Mariah it's the first episode of 2023. What are your thoughts, your feelings, your emotions? Tell me everything.
1: Oh my gosh well I don't know how it's already January of twenty twenty three. Um, but like this time has just gone by so quickly. Like we anticipated having a little bit of a break in between seasons and we had all these like, you know, plans for what we were gonna do with that time and like all of a sudden that time is over and we're back recording and I'm just like, oh my god, this year's already starting to fly by and it's like it's just crazy. Um, but yeah, I'm stoked to be here recording with you and um getting back into the swing of things podcast related and Um, How was your holidays? Oh my god, the holidays were amazing. Obviously, I got engaged, which super stoked about that. Um, And (laughs) well, I'll talk more about designing invitations at the end of the episode. But um, yeah, it's um, the holidays were awesome. I had family here, and my mom and dad came to see us and stay with us for Christmas, and it was just a whole season of fun. And um, I was able to take kind of some time off and you know, scheduled accordingly and planned for a little break for myself, which I really like needed. And, you know, since yeah. our last episode of season three, I like feel like really well equipped for this year and excited for all the things that are on the books. And um, yeah, just feeling very like relaxed and not stressed, which is huge. So feeling good. How about, how about you? Hey. You had good holidays, right?
0: Yeah, I had a great holiday. Um We... We braved the storms. Oh we traveled to the Midwest. Um, you know, COVID always throws a curveball, <laughs> and but you know, we we still had a really great time. We saw our family, our nieces and nephew. We saw our friends. It was amazing. And then when we came back home, I was very serious about taking some me time, and I did it, and I loved it. And. When you and I hit the ground running that first Tuesday of the new year, yes, it felt great. It felt absolutely great. And it's felt great ever since. So I hope that our listeners also joined us a little bit in the um kind of end of year, like goal setting and maybe like, like recalibrating me. how your work day looks and making what you're doing work well for you, both... Um, mentally physically and financially yeah
1: I love that and yeah I mean hopefully we can stick with our plans for the year you know and all of that but um I'm feeling really like feeling on the right track right now hopefully you are too but um I'm feeling very like okay I feel like on the right track I feel like the systems I've put in place are going to work and so far they are working great and um as long as I can just stick to them (laughs) then everything should be wonderful (laughs)
0: Love a good system, but it does require sticking to it. (laughs) Okay, well, since we are already in a new year, um, I was thinking that we could talk just a little bit about the quote unquote maintenance that is smart to do at the beginning of a new season, both in the studio as well as in our businesses. Um, What do you think about that? I
1: love it. Let's do it.
0: Oh, okay. So there's literally so much that you can do at the beginning of the year to set yourself up for success. And it also does not have to be January for you to do any of these things. So if you're tuning in to this episode in the middle of the year, it's never too late to just be like, I need to set some time to like do these things. Yeah. Um, but based on like the systems that you currently have in place, you might not need to do all of these. You may be really good at like weekly maintenance of some things, but I think that it would be really wise to just talk about like three main general areas, which is your studio, your desktop, and your business, meaning the back of house, behind the scenes kind of stuff that um, always needs a little upkeep. Awesome. So let's start with studio.
1: <laughs> um, LOL. Maybe I should I talk have about this
0: recent... one. <laughs> I know, I know, Mariah. Do you want? To, do you want to talk about studio? I am absolutely <laughs> At kidding. At, At least, least
1: the no. you do have At you least have the first bullet point. Yeah. Well, you do really have a you have a good system in in place now in your new space. So I, I'm just giving you a hard time, but. Um...
0: I mean, do I have a good system? So I was just about to tell our listeners that. Um, Mariah and I are taking a different approach to scheduling for this year. So she set up her ideal work week and made buckets of types of work to do for the for the whole week, like Monday is this type and Tuesday is this type. And I just for the sake of a thought experiment decided to do buckets for the day. So I have like a little morning thing that I come into and then there's two small buckets, a break, and then one big bucket. And um, at the end of every day, I am supposed to be dedicating a half hour to cleaning up my workspace. That was on the schedule, permanent ink every single day, <laughs> 30 minutes, put on some Taylor Swift, clean up your studio. It has happened. Has it happened every day? No. I mean, that's, no.
1: yeah, I don't think anything. <laughs> Not even close. I don't think we can do anything every day at all like I don't you know like I don't even eat lunch at the same time every day how could I possibly clean my office every day um yeah (laughs) I but I have noticed that if I finish a task like let's say I'm printing
0: envelopes and there was five or ten like misprints in the past those misprints would live on my desk for a very embarrassingly long time and now I instantly scoop them up and either discard them or put them in like a practice print pile or something yeah I'm trying to just not leave things out for the sake of not immediately knowing where I want to put it.
1: Yeah. So I kind of have done a similar thing. Um, so I posted a reel a while ago of me walking in my studio after leaving it a mess over a weekend. And it was mm-hmm. to obviously the Taylor Swift. Uh, it's me. Hi, I'm the problem audio. Uh, because no one else leaves a mess in my studio since no one else comes to my studio. I am the only one that works there. It's obviously my mess. I am the problem. But mm-hmm. um, one thing that I think has really helped me in like recent months is like, you know, we so often like want to hold on to that like stack of misprints or that whatever you have that is just like, oh, well, I don't want to throw it away. I might be able to use this or what if this mm-hmm. saves me from wasting other paper or whatever. Like there are so many things that I think we collect and like we think, oh, but I might use that. Um, so I had like stacks of cards and things, misprints that I was like, oh, I'll use these to register future jobs. Yeah. Well, Mariah, you don't need an entire drawer full. A small stack will be more than sufficient. <laughs> and you only really use these two types of paper. Anything that's not those two types of paper, toss them, you know, like just stop it. And then I had like this like bowl full of like wax seals that were bright pink and like whatever. I was like, they're but they're fun. Maybe I'll use them in like packaging orders. No, I have never used them. I've never once used them. The other day, I literally went through and like just tossed most of them. I kept like a handful. I put them in with my other wax seals and like they're gone. I just think that like any of those things you think you're holding on to because you might just use them, maybe just have a moment with yourself and be like, am I really going to use these or are they just taking up a random spot because they don't have a home? (laughs) And you should see the bins of
0: offcuts I have of paper because I'm like, oh, I could do something with these.
1: Literally. I
0: <laughs> like they're not quite any particular card size. They're not four bar. They're not a two. They're not business card size. Yeah. But I could do something. with. I them. had. And so I just same. keep
1: them. Yep. I had the same on my uh corner rounder in my studio. I like because it's next to my workstation, but it's like clean because it's yeah. only for paper, you know, like And I was like, oh, I have these little like slightly off, like oblong little rectangles that are slightly smaller than business cards. I could use them for like gift tags. Never use them for gift tags. I never even hole punched them for gift tags. I literally just set them there and was like, I'll use those one day. Recycled. They're gone. We're done. I'm done holding on to like those little things that I think I might use. But like if they're still sitting there after a week, they're going in the recycling bin. Um,
0: Amen. Yeah. Yeah. So if you couldn't tell, number one from studio is clean and organize it. Um, For most of us, the holidays were a very busy season. And probably most of us, like when the workload is really heavy, we're just not even keeping up with general cleanliness. Mm -hmm. Like it is a shit show. Um, But while we don't need to like walk you guys through how to organize your space. I think we can all figure out how to do that. I did want to start the list off with a reminder <laughs> that mm-hmm. if your space did look like a tornado ripped through it, um you are not alone and you're not any less awesome or successful or anything like that. It's just a product of what we do. Yeah. Like The paper just stacks up, man. So if you haven't set everything back to where it belongs yet, this is just your reminder and honestly, a little bit of a challenge to schedule a full day or even a half a day to just clean. Like don't put anything else on your schedule. Don't say that you'll do it, but not put it on your schedule. Like literally just set a set the time there. You know what? How about if you're listening to this, whatever Wednesday is up next, Wednesday is your cleaning day. So cross off your morning, you are just going to be cleaning it's going to
1: make you feel a lot better. Put on your favorite episode of Off the Press and go clean. (laughs) (laughs) Yes.
0: Yeah. Um, Okay. So the second thing that'd be really good to do in your studio, especially at the beginning of the year is inventory. So taking inventory is really important for several reasons. Number one, your state may require you to report unused inventory as part of your sales and use tax. I know California is like that. I don't know. Per- perhaps every state is like that, um, but I only know California. So having like an accurate inventory count of like all of your paper and envelopes, like that could be a good thing for taxes. Um, you'll also need to know what you have in stock so that you can update those listings on your website. It's so annoying when somebody orders a card and you don't have that
1: printed. Oh lordy. And,
0: Maybe that's a problem only Mariah and I face, but I highly doubt it. No,
1: we cannot be the only ones. Absolutely not. (laughs) We
0: cannot be the only ones. It really does
1: seem to come at the worst times. It really does.
0: (laughs) It really does. Um, So, okay, that's another benefit of inventory. Also, I've got two more benefits from it. You'll know what you need to reorder. That's not just exclusive to products, but I'm talking about supplies like ink cartridges for your office printer or shop towels. I freaking just ran out of shop towels the other day and I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Um, or roll a blue tape. Yeah. Like it's never too soon to order yourself another roll of blue tape. So it's just great to have the, like to not be buying those things after you've run out, um, buy them now, buy them ahead of time, go do inventory. And then the last thing, um, that doing this process will help you is to see things that you have a surplus of. So it'll give you some ideas of products that you can feature on your shop, um, maybe products that you wanna talk about in your emails so that you can move them a little faster. Personally, I've noticed that I have a ton of my like super generic cards that I usually send out with better mail because I like to give people like, like a saying and then a general one. Um, But those ones kind of just sit around. So now I've made some grab bag listings on Etsy to just kind of move those off the shelf. So smart. And I wouldn't have even thought of doing that because honestly, for me, everything in my life is out of sight, out of mind. So until I went and looked at every single card I had, I didn't realize that there's like 20 of this and 25 of that. Um, And then only two of these other ones.
1: Well, I also have to say, so I recently was taking inventory of like my materials and I realized that I had like 100 sheets of key color old rose. (laughs) And it's which if you aren't aware, uh, the key color line is being discontinued and we're all very sad about it. R.I.P. But um, I was thinking about <laughs> using it for an upcoming project and I was like, oh, I'm not even going to suggest it because it's so hard to like know when the last pages are going to run out. Right. But here I am with a whole stack of it and I have more than enough for this job. So it's like, oh, well, if I hadn't done my inventory, I wouldn't have known that. And I have a variety of cardstocks and things that I use for other projects and little bits and pieces of this and that here and there. Um, but this is also really helpful to take inventory on a regular basis for anyone who has two workspaces. I have obviously my home office where I do all of my computer work, all of my design work. Um, and I have some of my, like anything I need for digital printing and envelopes and things like that. Most of my production is done at my studio and my assembly is done here in my home office. So I do have stuff kind of spread across both spaces. That just means that, like, (laughs) I forget what's at the studio. It's inconvenient to go check because I have to drive 15 minutes. Yeah. And or vice versa. I end up at the studio and I'm like, hmm would this paper color work or maybe I have enough at home? Should I stop on the way home and get more of what I think I don't have enough of? And then all of a sudden you get home and realize you bought way more than you needed because you actually had plenty to begin with. So taking inventory just, uh, you know, is good to do in general. Um, But this time of year, it's a great place to start. Um, Just so you know what all you have and where you're beginning the year. And um, you can plan for any upcoming projects, whether that's stamps or Cardstock or envelopes or greeting cards um, or products, whatever you have. Um, Just make sure you kind of put your eyes and touch everything. Like, even if you're not entering that inventory anywhere, it's probably just good for you to be like, oh, I have a boatload of 220 pound pearl for some reason. Like, great. I guess I'll use that for a thank you card or something like that, you know? So, yeah.
0: I would say if you are counting stuff, though, you might as well enter it somewhere just so that you know, like, even if it's a Google sheet. I currently do my inventory for both products and just, like, general supplies in Google Sheets. And I don't recommend it for, like, anyone who's trying to do serious retail because there's actually software out there that will help you, like, keep things very up-to-date across multiple selling channels. But when my space was split into two, like, I had um, – a lot of my envelopes and paper over in Saltbox, and it's like a half hour to drive down to Saltbox. And I had um, all of my assembly was also happening at home. I could just like hop into my Google spreadsheet and see how many envelopes in this specific color I have, and it was a peace of mind, right? Mm-hmm. Um, just knowing so. Inventory takes a lot of time and we talked about scheduling time for cleaning. This is something that you should schedule at least two to three days for it. And if you finish sooner, amazing, you've got time. Go get a mani-pedi, go (laughs) walk around Target, like treat yourself. But if you actually schedule out two to three days for doing inventory, then at least you're not going to be skipping it or squeezing it and It's just, it's really going to help you to know like what you have in stock. And, um, I'll link some of the selling channel or some of the platforms that, um, can help you with inventory. Um, I've definitely looked into a few of them. I've just been a little too chicken to pull the plug because I, I feel like it's kind of always shifting for me of like how I need to use something, um, But yeah. Okay. So that was inventory. So we talked about cleaning. We talked about doing inventory. The third and final thing that you definitely want to do in your shop, um, if it's been a while, especially at the beginning of the new year, is doing press and machine maintenance. So all of your equipment requires maintenance, even the desktop printers that we have. I just recently opened mine up and like, the amount of dust from all the cranes letra that I run through it is comical, like so comical, but set some time aside to first research, like what you need to do. Like there might be a manual or a handbook or something for like each of your machines. But like, if you just make yourself like a nice little bullet pointed list of like clean out this thing or dust this part off or wipe this down and then in all caps, like do not use XYZ if you're not supposed to use it, make yourself a cheat sheet and then go around and like just do those things. And it doesn't have to be like you spend a whole day cleaning, but maybe like you research what you have to do, make yourself your little cheat sheet. And then every time you touch the next machine, it's like, oh, okay, this needs like some maintenance. This needs to be cleaned out or I should check the ink levels on this or I should oil my press, or all that kind of stuff. And then if you have any like serious maintenance that you know has needed to be done, check your schedule for like a lull. A lot of us at the beginning of the year, like after the holidays, there's a little bit of a lull in printing and production, use that time for any serious maintenance. So personally, for me, last year, I bought a hydraulic paper cutter. Um I don't know if the person who sold it to me knew it, but there's a leak in the hydraulic line somewhere. And um, we basically put a Band-Aid on it by like, well, I should say we put a catheter on it. (laughs) My my paper cutter has a catheter that I then have to empty and refill. And like, yes, it works. That's a huge pain in the butt. You don't want to keep that. But also I wasn't willing to take it offline to have that fixed. So now I have like, a lull in my schedule in February that I am going to take the paper cutter offline Zach's going to take apart the hydraulic system and like fix whatever's broken um but it's good to be like proactive and like preemptively schedule that kind of service instead of waiting until the cutter just absolutely doesn't work and I'm in the middle of a huge project that yes, that
1: it's now an urgent problem and cause the delay and stress and all of that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And here's the thing, like the reason that I say take some time and like write it down, even if you don't have to look it up, but you just like know what to do. Ideally, you're not going to be the only one maintenancing your machines like forever. And also it just saves you the brain space of having to think about it. So like anytime you can make a template for a repeatable task like make that template and for doing maintenance it's just writing down what needs to be done
1: like a little cheat sheet yeah um having worked in restaurants for a long time there's like opening and closing side duties right like that's just a part of it's part of yeah. a lot of jobs but um and i like i always got i i'm a checklist person i love checking things off of my to-do list and i think a lot of us are you know that sense of satisfaction of like knowing that you accomplished something even if it's small And, you know, maybe make one. Maybe it's a weekly or monthly or yearly maintenance checklist. Make one, Um, laminate it if you like it. Get a little dry erase marker. Who's gonna stop you? Um, And, you know, just thinking I want to land and just do whatever you need to do to make sure that maintenance gets done regularly, so that you know your machines and equipment last longer and stay um in better condition and things like our digital printers that you know vary with every print job, it's like maybe your print setup will take less time if you calibrate on a regular basis that kind of thing, so you know doing all of this stuff, one big fell swoop to get started is a lot, but then when you regularly maintain those things, whether it's cleaning up your workspace and taking inventory like the more regular maintenance you do on those things the easier and easier they get and the less time they'll take overall um yeah Yeah. (laughs) but
0: I think we ask a lot of the machines that are in our lives like I know for one I never even really thought about how much of a mess the cranes lecture was probably causing inside my printer but I was like so irritated with like I don't know, just like little things. It's like this printer was so much better when I first bought it. And nobody designs anything to last anymore. But truthfully, it just needed to be cleaned. I love that. (laughs) So, yeah, let's do some maintenance. Okay. Um, Let's talk about now desktop. And I'm not talking about like the surface of your desk, because that really falls into cleaning and organizing your yeah. studio. I'm talking about your actual like computer desktop, yeah. which I think is so easily overlooked. I have definitely worked at jobs where for years, I just never even bothered to clean up files. And um, I refuse to do that in my own business. So First thing as far as desktop is to archive some of your closed projects, regardless of what your folder system is, it's likely that you have projects that are completely done, like do not need any further work. But of course, you don't want to delete those files because you never know what you might need them for. So take time to archive those. And that might include deleting 100% unnecessary files, like anything that's an old version that like wasn't printed or um, something that's just duplicate or whatever. I specifically like do not save old ver. Like if there's a revised <clears throat> invitation, I will delete the old ones once that project's closed. Because God forbid I ever need to like reprint that. I don't want to print the wrong yeah. one. It has happened to me. It has literally happened to me where um, I went on vacation the client emailed me and was like, hey, we need 10 more of these. And I went into my folder. And even though I am operating off of the cloud, the cloud just didn't update. So there was one file in there. And I was like, oh, great. And it looked the same. It was just like the city was spelled wrong. And... I just like totally didn't realize I was like yeah this is great it's the only one in here so it must be the current one no it wasn't <laughs> and I sent that to print and let me tell you the words I got back from this client like crippled my soul Aww. it was just like I I, they were rude but they weren't wrong <laughs>
1: like, <laughs> you know what well, I mean it's, like, un, it's unnecessary uh, it for people to be mean about uh, it but yeah
0: yeah they were rude but they weren't necessarily so So, learn
1: from julian's mistake yeah
0: (laughs) yeah i'll have an archive folder in an active project folder and then what i do is i delete that archive folder when i go to archive the whole project that sounds crazy when i say it but it actually is really simple and it makes sense right
1: sure i think that everyone is going to have their own system so like you know whatever works for you but um yeah i basically have like I have like a folder in my, you know, drive that's uh, current client projects for custom work, whether that's design or print or both. And um, I have completed and current and I basically just move things over to the completed. And then just whenever I have a spare minute or I'm feeling like procrastinating on something else that I should be doing, um, I basically go into the completed ones and delete or archive uh I offload it onto either a flash drive uh or you know somewhere else in a miscellaneous folder that I'll never touch but I don't keep very many Mm -hmm. copies of things I tend to delete those pretty much as I go but um yeah I definitely do archive them immediately after they're done I again it's like that checklist thing I want to see it like out of my current folder and into my completed one, like I don't want it in my current one if it's already like done and um, but it's still there and accessible if I need it uh, for reprints and things like that, so yeah. figure out a system that works for you and just do it regularly and make sure that you're removing any possible future errors and uh, yeah, the more regularly you can do that stuff, the more the more helpful but
0: yeah, yeah, and the beginning of the new year is just a really good time to like clean that out because I know we all get caught in like the day to day and um so yeah the other thing that I do when I'm going through folders and archiving them is I look for any little bits of stuff that maybe didn't get used or that I know I would want to reference and I immediately copy that I have just like a general reference folder in my um resource library it's just like a you know a folder that has like fonts and little graphics, but I have like my own general reference of things that I've designed that didn't get used. Um, Cause again, out of sight, out of mind, you may have already had like a really brilliant idea. Client didn't go for it. You fully intend to recycle that thing. <laughs> and then six months later, you've completely forgot that that ever existed. It's yeah.
1: a great call. So
0: if you're like me, give that a try, comb through those, find some references for yourself. Um,
1: Okay. The next thing is delete unneeded screenshots. Oh my god, are you trying to tell me something here? <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: I screenshot so much. Like I screenshot more than any human. Ever I'm literally should. going to
1: my I phone to see everyone. how many screenshots I have currently.
0: Okay, yeah, let's do that. That's a fun Ooh, thing. Is it fun? I don't okay, know.
1: Let's see. All right let me know when you're ready. Well,
0: you've been cleaning yours up. I have that's not. True. Okay. You go. All right,
1: so in my phone under media types, screenshots, I have 6,290.
0: I am just shy of that with 5,898. LOL. And I
1: have been deleting Okay. Like but in- how
0: many screenshots do you have on your desktop right now?
1: Oh, actually that's a great question. Okay. 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 Cause I made an entire folder <laughs> oh no okay so I use stacks um and if you're
0: yeah I have stacks that's right that's right I the have stacks. Where you
1: know. yeah so I just expanded it and I regret it um hold on hold on okay
0: I did not expand it but I'm highlighting it and I'm gonna see if it will tell me I have 258 on my desktop right now
1: lol how do you tell how many oh
0: I just like highlight 693
1: <laughs> also, I'd like to add that that's just my desktop computer, not my laptop. Um, so, yeah, save. Great. Love save, that for save. us.
0: This is okay. This is what I'm talking about, though. Like,
1: between my phone and my phone?
0: never, ever, ever are we going we to be never. scrolling through 7,000 screenshots to look? I for could probably something. delete
1: all 693 of those and be just fine.
0: so half the time I'm screenshotting like a little clip of an email to send it yeah
1: yeah if we scroll through our chats we probably have another 3,000 screenshots that we've sent back and forth to each other
0: (laughs) so um, I'm just calling all of us out listeners included we're all screenshotting too much and it's not that they take up a ton of space because they're probably the smallest file size you can have But it does make it so much harder to like dig for things and look for things because there have been times that I've screenshot something that I'm like, this is actually important. Like this is the founding concept to something else I want to do.
1: Yeah. But I will never find The problem is that they're not searchable. And like, you know, so there is some like new technology in, in your photos and stuff where you can search for things. But in general, screenshots are not searchable. They're not like storing information. They're meant to be like immediately used and then forgotten about, which is fine, you know, but like if there if things are not searchable in your computer, like if you can't search for floral graphics and find the things you're looking for, then those screenshots of those floral graphics that you thought about buying on Creative Market but wanted to save for later, if you can't search for that and find it in your screenshots, Move to trash. Goodbye. You're out of here.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Bye. Um, I totally agree. And there is an app. There was an app that I used and I do forget the name of it. I told you what it was once. Um, and I actually think I told you the wrong name of an app. I love that. We can but probably search
1: for it in our text. There's
0: <laughs> there's an app that I used that turns photo deleting into Oh yeah, you did basically like a dating yeah. app where it is only going to show you 20 photos a day. It will not show you more than that. And you swipe left to delete or swipe right to keep it. And there was a period in my time where I was doing that and it was the most satisfying thing in the world. Because one, I was decluttering my camera roll. But two, like I knew it was always going to be a bite-sized amount of mm-hmm. stuff. Like it wasn't going to be overwhelming. Yeah manageable. Um, And to be honest I usually would get so excited about it that after I did my 20 I would go into my camera roll and be like okay what else can I delete? Yeah
1: I okay well let's get into the next bullet and I'll kind of talk about what I've been doing on my phone recently because it's kind of ties into both of those things.
0: Okay great so the third thing um, of course I'm doing everything in threes. (laughs) Three spaces, three things you can do. I love a good three. Um, Revisit your folder structure. So It's a new year. Um, If you felt like you spent way too much time clicking between folders, it's likely that you have an overcomplicated system. Or if you realize like there's just an easier way for you to be organizing something, then perhaps test out a new system this year and see how it goes. Like, worst case scenario, you spend a few hours like refiltering it back to the way you used to do it. But I guarantee you that no matter what any of us are doing, there's always a slightly more optimal way. I am actually now kind of converting a little bit over to what you were talking about as far as having sort of like current and completed. I used mm-hmm. to just sort everything. Um, I have like the calendar year that I click into and then the couples or whatever the project is by project number. Yeah. Um But then I have to actually look through because, you know, every Apple device that I use wants to sort things differently. Yeah, Um, and every time you
1: change Finder from list to icons, it like just freaks out.
0: (laughs) Right. And around this time of year, I have clients who technically booked with me in 2022, but they're a 2023 couple. So I really like this idea of moving to like current and completed um, projects, and then I'll probably have like an additional archive folder just for things that like literally don't need to be looked at again, ever. Yeah,
1: I I basically like yeah, so I use current and and pre and like completed, right? So those are my two main folders, and then anything in the completed, you know, that is the wedding's already come and gone, or the wedding was a year ago. Those things all get moved off to a flash drive, um, and yeah. they don't stay on my computer just because you know storage is you know, not limitless um, for the most part and just makes it easier. But um, yeah, I, so I've recently been revisiting some, like a lot of photo storage, um, Mm -hmm. including my phone and screenshots and all that. So I found that a lot of things for me, when you're reevaluating your systems, it's like, okay, what am I doing that's working? And, you know, how am I using these things? So as an example, I realized that like 90% of my screenshots are like other stationers. Like, oh, that's cool. Oh, I like this. Oh, what's that paper? Oh, there's this like comment on Facebook forum page about this letterpress question that I think the comment is really helpful. I'll save it. So if I ever need to reference it, it's there. So it's like, okay, a lot of my screenshots are a similar like realm, right? So I created Mm -hmm. a folder in my iPhone and I moved those screenshots in there. And then I delete anything that's not in that category because like I'm not going to shop from that Instagram ad 3 weeks ago. I'm not going to like look up that cute bathing suit I saw once on Facebook and go buy it now. Like I don't need those <laughs> screenshots. Like those can go away. It's fine. But the ones that I want to look back on or like scroll through, you know, it's basically a Pinterest board. Um they're there. And I also like when one of my big goals this year is to be more consistent with like marketing and social media. And I found that a lot of my pain points were not having the photos or images that I needed for those. And then I got stuck and then I just didn't do it. And then here I am a year later trying to do it. So I found that like rather than having a folder on my phone or having a place on my computer to store those photos, what worked for me is uploading them to Lightroom because that is accessible from all of my platform my computers, Mm -hmm. my phone, and it automatically syncs between all my devices. So like yeah. If I find a photo on my computer, I can upload it. If I find a photo on my phone, I can upload it. doesn't matter where I find the photo or when I find the photo. I just pop it into a folder in Lightroom. And then whenever I'm ready to upload that into social media or into a blog post or an email campaign, boom, it's right there. I can download it ready to go. So
0: Plus, then you're already in the platform where if you wanted to add a little bit of brightness or crop it to crop a different size, like, yep, yeah, exactly. you're already in
1: there. Yeah, and it just makes it really easy like and I don't have to like go find where I saved that photo because photo folders are always just like inevitably a black Ugh. hole. Like no matter how well I think I have my photos organized, it's all of a sudden like was that photo under holiday cards or Christmas cards <laughs> or uh, dog cards or greeting cards? Like, Oh my God. Like why? It did have to be so many categories okay, of photo cards? So
0: this kind of circles back to just some like general advice on folder structure. Um, phones is hard because the only thing that you can do, um, with photos on your phone is like, you see the photo, like you can't change it to list view of photo name. Um, But with files, typically, like, the less specific you can categorize things into folders, the better you're going to be. But what will really help you is, like, properly naming the file. So, like, using that, using properly naming a file as a way to sort and organize within, like, a more general folder instead of having to, like, click, 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 click. Because... It, you think that the hyper-organization is going to help you or save you time or not cause confusion, but it usually doesn't.
1: Yeah, it really It never only does. <laughs>
0: does on that day that you set it up. You're like, oh, my brain feels so good about this. And then for the rest of forever, your brain's not going to feel that great about yeah, it.
1: Yeah. Just I think like finding a place to store things where you're actually trying to use those things or yes. at least making it searchable so when you're like looking for marketing Photos. You can just search for marketing photos, like, and also when you're on a computer, if you select a whole bunch of things and rename, like, you can add text rather than just changing the name to something. Just add, like, a keyword that you might search for in order to yeah. find that thing. You know, um, yeah. It's find a system that works for you. Try different things, but for me, what's really been helpful is sorting things in a way that when I go to use those things, they're right there. They're ready for me. Yeah. Um, makes it a lot easier to, to do those things later on. But
0: I, <laughs> yeah. I agree. Um, we wish
1: you all the best of luck with organizing your <laughs> shit because there's so many photos, so many screenshots to organize.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's just a little thing to think about because, yeah. you know, the worst thing you could do is just never try to change a system that isn't working for you. So yeah. if well, this just I inspires realized, you to maybe make one small change to be more efficient in your day, then I will be happy.
1: Yeah. And like with inventorying your materials you might find a little surplus of things you thought you were out of like I going through all these photos I realized that I had several full suites that I'd never had shared on social media ever one time never shared them and it's like what was the point of taking all those photos and editing them and like all that stuff if I was never going to use them like one I'm thrilled that I can now share all of them two you might be wondering why I'm posting things from a year ago but here we are (laughs) Oh, I will be doing the very same. Yeah, but it's like, you know, why would I never use those? I put so much work into those suites. I put work into photographing them, storing those photos somewhere in the world of my computer, and then I never remembered to use them or I couldn't find them again or whatever it was. So create a system so that you don't lose track of those things that you could eventually use and, you know, cost yourself time and money by not using. So, Yay. Okay. Love
0: it. All right, so lastly, we're going to talk about your business. (laughs) Um, Listen, there's – depending on where you're at in your journey, there is so many things that you could do at any point in time, but if you want to, like, honor it by it being a new year, this is when you can make changes. Um, These are just some basics that I personally feel like everyone needs – uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Mariah, as I go through these, but seize the cold leads. I got clever oh my with God. my naming of these. I really I like I know, I like
1: it. I, I love reading over the things you write, but this one really, I was like, ooh, I'm going to go put a whole bunch of tasks on my calendar right now.
0: <laughs> yeah, Um. I immediately, this was my task list. <laughs> Writing the outline to <laughs> this episode was me making a task list.
1: Um,
0: <laughs> if there are any leads or projects that went cold over the holidays, follow up with them. They likely just got caught up in family time. It is nothing personal. Um, I usually – it's not that I take cold leads personally, but I always just assume, like, oh, they don't want a book or whatever, and that's fine. Like, I kind of just, like, let bygones be bygones, um, and I – This is one like one of those specific times where I'm like, no, I could easily see that people got caught up in the holidays and like the first one to come swooping back in will get their business and I want that to be me. So a really nice cordial follow up and key is making it brief, making it kind and sweet and then adding any links that they need to seal the deal with you
1: without any further communication like, yeah give make them, like, it give them so an easy, easy to tie that up. Yeah. yeah easy opt-in easy like click to pay here
0: <laughs>
1: yeah <laughs> click to book your consultation call right now like anything yep. that is immediate and yeah simple
0: yeah um and then this is kind of like the same thing but tying up any other loose ends like if you booked projects um, that are lingering pre-holidays, like prioritize closing those out or getting them on your schedule so that your head could be really clear for any new work coming in and um, I just feel like there can be some like chaos during the holidays where you're sort of just like taking on as much as you can. And then you cut it all off for family time and you're very rejuvenated and you come back and there's a tendency to just kind of want to start anew. And then all of a sudden somebody might be like, hey, did that thing ship? And it's like, oh yeah, I, yeah, it, it will.
1: I'm it's kind of like it right now. <laughs> it's like the, yeah, it's like the, the other end of the cold leads uh, stick, right? Like, they were busy during the holidays with family and yeah. they got caught up in family time and doing all these other things. And so you might have too, you know, like we all were busy with the holidays and family and taking a break, a much needed break from our businesses, whatever. Um, You know, things, this is where things fall to the wayside. They, you know, fall off your radar, you forget about them, et cetera. Or, you know, maybe you forgot to order that thing that you needed for it, whatever it is, but right. tie up those loose ends in any way you can, um, so that, you know, you can make sure to serve your clients well. And that way, you know, you really can start the new year with that fresh, uh, fresh perspective, clean palette, whatever you want to call it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, um, was just thinking the other day, I still have a vendor who has not invoiced me for like in a large amount of work. (laughs)
1: Like, (laughs) oh yeah, that's right. So
0: yeah. So it's not just small businesses, of course, like a lot of the advice that we give, we're speaking directly to our small business listeners who are, you know, just starting and getting going and building up their systems, which is why we're providing this kind of advice. But there are, very established businesses who still could take some of this advice like
1: yeah no one's <laughs> perfect let's just put it that way a
0: 700 invoice never just never arrived in my email at my doorstep i have no idea um yeah so it's just funny anyway okay the next point on business, ties in perfectly <laughs> ties in perfectly is finish up your 2022 finances um, of Ooh. course, tax boo. <laughs> I literally my least just favorite finished part. yesterday. Um, do you have all of yours buttoned up yet?
1: No, absolutely okay. not. I mean, I, I use QuickBooks. So most of my transactions are like automatically yeah. sorted based on the, you know, things I've set up, but, um, yeah. that doesn't mean it's easy to get through once the end of the year comes, but
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so of course, tax season isn't until March and April, but Q4 estimated taxes are due in January. And by the time this comes out, they will have already been due. So if you're yeah. listening to this and you did not pay your Q4 quarterly taxes, I am sorry to let you know that you are late. <laughs> you are late. Um, but Doing this ahead of time, like getting ahead on your tax return will never be something that you're sad about, like absolutely ever. So um, while it is incredibly annoying, I am someone who sat down at my desk for almost five hours straight and just like buttoned everything up and put a tiny, a beautiful tight bow on it um, yesterday. And it just feels good to know that I could take that little packet and send it out to my CPA and just be like, let me know
1: what I owe you. <laughs> or <laughs> like, don't. Please don't tell me. Just take my money. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Can I just hook you up with my bank account and you just like take whatever you need? It's fine. It's yeah. fine. Anyway, um, so reporting, categorizing, inventory, like getting all of that stuff done. It's just, it's going to make your life so much easier. And um, by the way, use the CPA just just use one. I know that like especially as a small business, if you just got your press and you just started printing um and you usually like do all of your filings via like TurboTax because you work a full-time job and you get a nice clean W2 and it's so easy to do. I'm going to recommend to you that just use a CPA. If you're running a small business, doesn't matter how much you make, just use one. Um Because the money that you spend on them, you're likely actually going to save because they will know what deductibles you are eligible for. They'll know how to leverage those deductibles. They'll also be able to give you good advice so that you don't get yourself into a little bit of trouble with the IRS. Yeah. Um, It's just, it'll be a peace of mind. I think my very first year, I had only like started my business like halfway through the year and I'd only made like a couple hundred dollars in my business but I also had been uber eats delivering as well as working my full-time job so I had a lot of stuff going on and I just went to a local CPA and was like hey can you make sense of this and then I've been working with them ever since and it's just made it so much easier
1: yeah, and I mean, also, if you're self-employed, you can probably deduct some of those tax prep fees, <laughs> so <laughs> you it'll probably pay for itself pretty quickly between, like, getting deductions in general and, you know, whether you can deduct part of those fees. Obviously, you'll have to ask your CAPA about that. We are not tax experts, but... I
0: do think that my person told me that I can't. However, they have literally found, like, every other possible thing that I can deduct or like there are some instances where if you're working from home obviously like a small like a the exact square footage of the space that you use and like there's all these things where it's like it must be an actual like space with a door and blah 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 Um, there's things with your car if you use your car for work it's like you could do all these itemized calculations or you could take this
1: Like, (laughs) $500 deduction. Exactly.
0: Just like a standard deduction. And I'm just like, great, let's do that. Like, until I know I am clearly, like, it really benefits me to itemize and do all the math, then obviously I
1: will do that. But, like, anything
0: I could standardize, I'm like, great, let's do it.
1: Also, when when it comes down to it, like, hiring a professional to do your taxes, um, I think mine's, like, $450 or something like that. Yeah. You basically pay that to do it yourself online anyway. Like you you like if you're gonna go on a TurboTax or whatever and do your taxes, it's probably gonna cost you only a little bit less, if anything, yeah. than hiring a professional. Um, yeah. I don't remember. You know, I
0: feel like before I started my small business, my taxes were so easy to do because I yeah, literally you got a W2 owned nothing and just entered numbers. A, yeah. yeah. And I do think, I do think it maybe only costs like $40 to do that.
1: Well, Um, here's the thing, like a lot of those W-2s now, because uh, like payroll systems are automated, like you literally type in your social security number and it just auto-populates your W-2. You just make sure the printed one you got is correct. (laughs) Like that's literally all you do anymore. So people who have regular jobs do have this a little bit easier. But for those of us who are self-employed or have a side hustle or a business of any kind, um, if you're making more than, what is it, $600 a year? Right. you know, you have to, you have to pay taxes on that. And yeah, anyway, the other thing that you have to do,
0: (laughs) if you are, um, if you are a business providing a service to other businesses, like that's technically contract work and you have to like send them a, if it, if they've spent over $600 with you, you have to 1099 them. I'm pretty sure. Oh god, I don't even Um, want
1: to talk about all this stuff. It's giving me
0: anxiety. (laughs) So here's our here's our overarching thing. The moment you listen to this episode, you are going to schedule some time to clean your studio space if you have not already. You're gonna schedule some time to maintenance your machines as you work along through your days. The next probably most important thing you're gonna do is talk to a local tax agent. Like talk to someone who knows the answers. For your specific city in your specific state tell them what you do ask them if you need to be sending out like any sort of documentation to other companies ask them if you need to be getting any documentation from other companies um because I definitely was supposed to 1099 my uh VA the one year and I had no idea and I found out on like the deadline day and it was total chaos It was absolute chaos. So do not wait until February, March, or April. Well, you'll be hearing this at the end of January, so I guess February is fine. But don't wait until March or April. Like, do this as soon as possible because it's going to save you headache. I promise. And also, tax stuff makes absolutely no sense, even if you try to do the research yourself. Um, They have – made up all of these rules none of them are real none of them make any sense <laughs> and so you just have to pay the magicians to know what you owe
1: people like that, oh, that is that is
0: united states government tax 101
1: well i always love the memes that's like it's like you know government oh, you owe us money. It's like, oh, okay. How much do I owe you? It's like, oh no, I you know. have to figure that out. It's like, oh, so you don't know how much I owe you. And they're like, oh no, we know. And then they're like, but you won't tell me. No. And if you get it wrong, there's going to be a huge fine or you could go to jail. And it's like, what? This is so weird.
0: <laughs> and then you're like, can I at least get the equation? No, that doesn't
1: yeah, exist. Yeah. Literally like no what? math involved. Just like a straight, it could, it's, it's like a, it's like a magic eight ball. You just like shake it up and see what it says. I am not one for conspiracy (laughs)
0: theories, but I do have a theory that when you go to school for accounting and you decide to actually become like an accountant and you are going to be doing things with like tax reporting very specifically, I feel like you have to pledge an oath to a lifetime of secrecy where you cannot admit that it is 100% bullshit. That people hand you papers and you just tippy tippy tap and then
1: tell them back what they owe yeah i'd like somebody to like show their work um like
0: how come everyone else has to show their work yeah
1: (laughs) where are the behind the scenes videos on tiktok of the accountants coming up with these numbers like I want to see the BTS of the CPAs. I, yeah. I need to understand where you get these facts and figures from. And I don't really want to understand it too in depth, but I need to get, I need to know how we got from point A to point B. Like I need yeah. to get it. I need to understand a little bit. <laughs> I also fully acknowledge that they are the professionals in this relationship and that, you know, I'm hiring somebody that I completely trust yeah. and like you do you. But like, can you just tell me a little bit about like, why?
0: <laughs> yeah. Like, listen, I'm not going to take any business from you. I do I am not interested in I'm not actually questioning
1: you I just want to know like I just want to understand where yeah I I
0: actually I think we should we should pledge for that to be a thing like have a worksheet which they do give you that's the thing is like I get this summary sheet and there are numbers in it and if you add them from the top to the bottom you get the math works out, but I just don't understand how the numbers on that sheet became those numbers.
1: Um, this is a great time to just say, if anyone has a CPA that they love uh, then, and they would want to be on the podcast, we have questions. Um, we would love to send some business their way if they answer those questions on the pod
0: and uh, no. yeah,
1: send them, send them to hello, hot off <laughs> Love it.
0: Okay. We only have one last point here. Okay. Um, And this is a very good business thing. We talked about it a little bit at the end of last year, of course. So I'm just going to restate it plain and simple. Set some goals. Um, I currently have like daily goals, weekly goals, monthly goals, quarterly goals, annual goals, like all these different categories. They are not all the same thing divided down. Like I didn't take my annual goal and divide it down into a daily dollar. Um, Could do that. Didn't do that. Um, some are measured in dollars other are measured by how many leads come in Um, some are just tasks that I know I'll put off forever if I don't give myself a strict deadline Um, Mariah and I have been doing our Monday meetings I'm very excited for our first January show and tell where we will be bringing things that we have talked about for a
1: very long time to show each other and I'm very stoked about that yeah me too and I think like you know, setting the goals are are, are a huge, you know, task and, and a momentous occasion of their own. But we're having these monthly or these weekly meetings to help hold each other accountable to those goals, whether they're big or small. And that could just be a weekly task. Um, our monthly show and tells are going to hopefully keep both of us on track for some of those monthly goals um, or even yearly or quarterly. But you know, find a way to keep yourself accountable for those goals as well. So you're not at the end of the year looking back at your goal list for 2023 and being like, I forgot I even had that goal. Um, You know, figure out when you're setting these goals, figure out how you can maintain momentum for them. Uh, Find a buddy to help keep you accountable if you need one, whether that's a partner or a fellow, you know, small business friend or another printer, whoever you've got you um, could be your mom. <laughs> Maybe you need a little authority figure in your life. I don't know. But um, you know, it's while you're setting the goals, think about how you're going to make sure you stay on track for those and don't just let them fall by the wayside. Because I think that's a big part of, you know, getting them accomplished and making sure that at the end of the year, you're happy with what you what you started with and what you ended with. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, this was fun. I personally feel even more prepared for the new year after this episode, um, and I feel pretty good knowing that I've actually done quite a few of these things already. So, <laughs> same, same. Yeah.
0: I, I think I have like maybe two more machines to maintenance, and then I will have checked off almost all of these things on my list. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I except I
1: think for I've
0: t- got- except for seizing cold leads. I definitely need to comb through my email and see what ghosts i can revive from the dead
1: sounds like we know what you're doing tonight (laughs) (laughs) as if i won't be printing that job that just came in lol true (laughs) enough um okay well let's talk about what's hot out of our presses woo it's been a long time since we've done a hot off the press segment so um let's let's hear it julian what's um what have you been printing recently
0: um okay, so hot off my press very recently was this amazing suite that I designed for a client. Um they came to me actually with a very solid vision and they even provided some of the materials and I kind of just like interpreted their vision into my own style and um reinterpreted like one of the fabric patterns for them into a uh, like an envelope liner and loved that. But the creme de la creme of the whole suite was the invitation. Of course was duplexed, um, 220 pound cranes with faux leather vinyl. And I was nervous because I knew that the inv- invites were going to be so thick. Like they basically were the thickness of like four forty. um, and I was nervous that it would like jam the press, but actually the leather is so soft that it just acted like regular packing. That's and, awesome. like I was getting these really glorious impressions, but there were a few tricks that I needed to deploy to like make it successful. And the first was making sure that the plate had a lot of negative space around the lettering. So I didn't like pack my artwork on my plates really close together like I usually do I left enough room not as much as if you were going to do crop marks but I certainly left like a decent amount of negative space around the text and then the second trick was to build up a little bit of packing only where the text was just to make sure that where the edge of the plates were like wasn't going to transfer onto the paper um because alternatively, I could have backed the platen up a bit, like basically lowered it down from where it normally sits. Yeah, but I just got it nice and level. And I didn't want to fuck it up. So I was like, we're just gonna try this without and I ran it and like it did not jam at all. So it was a very glorious uh, day on the press with the most phenomenal print results I've gotten so far
1: well I also think this was just, a, just like such a cool project for you because it very neatly tied in your like interior design background to like your invitation designs and stuff which I think is so fun like when was the last time with that yeah and like that is just I mean they're both creative fields so like it's not like they're that far off of each other but like how often you get to bring in any kind of fabric for an invitation job you know like that's just so fun
0: Yeah. Yeah. When I was leaving the interior design world to get into stationery, I had come up with all of these, like, I had just finished designing a hotel that um, had a lot of terrazzo and cork in it. And I just kept drawing and drawing and drawing these different suites that had, like, terrazzo inspirations or... Like all this, all these different materials from the hotel that I designed into suites. And every now and then I pass by them in my sketchbook and I'm like, I really should do these. (laughs) Yeah, you should. And maybe I will because that was super fun. I loved working with fabric and I loved recreating a fabric pattern. Like the liners look
1: amazing. I bet. Amazing. I actually haven't seen the liners. I've seen the rest of it, I think, but... I saw the mock-up. But I haven't seen the real thing. But that can be part of our January show until it'll be fine. <laughs> oh,
0: okay. I was going to say they're literally – oh, yeah, it is. It's literally right next to me. Are you sure? It's in yeah, Browns bring it on. Ridge.
1: Let's see it. Oh, cool. Okay, yes. I remember seeing the mock-up and I was, like, trying to picture it in my head. But that is awesome.
0: And then this is the fabric that inspired it
1: it's basically the same thing. My God, it's perfect. I know. It's so (laughs) close.
0: I just used, um, I used different watercolor flowers, sourced those. Um, I used different textures that I got off Creative Market. I changed a little bit of the color tones to match the paper. And yeah, freaking love
1: it. It looks great. Yeah. I can't wait to see that whole suite photographed and all beautiful.
0: Amen. This is you were talking about stuff. This is a box of things that have never been photographed. Mm-hmm. Yep. And and um, it needs to happen, and it needs to go on Instagram. So
1: yeah, literally plug it into a scheduler and be done with it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Actually, the day after you get married, a photographer is coming to my house, and I will be making use of that time.
1: Perfect. I love yeah. that.
0: So what's been hot off your press?
1: Well, it's more like lukewarm on my press right now because I'm (laughs) still in the design stages, but um, obviously something I'm really excited to work on and have been tirelessly pursuing are my own wedding invitations, Um, which is something I've looked forward to for a long time. And, uh, you know, it's just like, it's a super fun process and the world is my oyster. So it's like super exciting and Anything I dream of, I can absolutely make because it's my own stuff and I can do whatever I want and I can make it myself. Mm -hmm. Um, However, it's a lot harder than I really anticipated. Um, Just like (laughs) I want them to be spectacular. I want them to be like awesome. I want to experiment with new materials or new methods or buy new dyes. I want to do all these things and I can do any of those things. Any of those things that I want to do, I can totally do. And that is, like, so freaking overwhelming. I'm overwhelmed by too many options. And I know that, like, sounds silly, but having the ability to create literally anything is way too wide. Um, And honestly – It was crippling for me.
0: I literally only sent Save the Dates out because – same thing. Like, when the sky's the limit and you can do anything and you feel the need to do something amazing – Almost nothing that comes
1: out of your head is quite right. Totally. And, you know, I like, honestly, the same, this all like really just gives me a whole new perspective on working with clients. Like, you know, we, I think sometimes, you know, you hear about people doing like, like only presenting one option to people and you think Mm -hmm. like, that's crazy. Like, why would you only give them one choice? And like, you're like, no, I'll give them like five choices and like, no, three choices. I'll give them two choices. Even that sometimes is too much. You're like i think it just is a great reminder for me that like it's better you're way better off doing a whole bunch of discovery and getting mm-hmm. a really specific vision and a more narrow scope allows you to focus in on what you actually want sooner and you'll get to that final like stage a lot faster that way um so i personally i think i'm narrowing it down a little bit further now and i think i've like i've learned from even initial stage mistakes of like just trying to save all the inspiration images and trying to make a mood board out of that. You're just like, Oh, this mood board is all over the place. Like I need to pick. <laughs> I need to yeah. choose. So, um, I think I've got it narrowed down a bit more. Um, and I think I'm going to be ordering my first plates for the first pieces soon. Um, Yay. obviously I won't be sharing the details for quite a while, so sorry everyone. But, um, It's just, you know, it's going to be fun and there will be some really fun textures and there will obviously be lots of letterpress. If everything is not letterpressed, I'll be surprised. Um, And yeah, they will be shared eventually when the time comes.
0: (laughs) I love it. I love it. I relate to it. (laughs) Yeah.
1: You know more than anyone how that process is.
0: Yeah. I really envy the people who are like, oh, I got into this business because I did my wedding invitations and I loved doing it. I'm like, well, that's a huge accomplishment because I can't oh, well. even do
1: that. That was literally, I literally what could not. I was talking to Megan from Saltwater Press. Like she, yeah. she responded to one of my Instagram stories about this dilemma. And she was like, honestly, I'm kind of glad I got married before I was a stationer. I was like, Oh, that would have been so nice. Yeah. <laughs> they would have been like printed at Kinko's and it would have been a <laughs> hundred dollars <laughs> and they would have been done. <laughs> Oh, my I mean gosh. probably not realistically, but they would have at least had some cool envelopes or something, I don't know. Uh calligraphy for sure, but yeah, anywho. So, that's what I'm working on. Well, this
0: was delightful. I'm so glad that season 4 is started, that we're back, that we're crushing our like ru-
1: new routines. I'm very Oh proud my of gosh, us. yeah, we are. Yeah. I'm so excited. Yeah, happy new year to everybody and thanks for being here for season 4 of Hot off the Press. Um, We have some really fun guests lined up. We've actually got James from the Aesthetic Union uh, that will be in the next couple weeks. And then uh, we also have some really fun guests for later in March, uh, later in the season, including John Barrett of Letterpress Things Ah! and Chris of the Itinerant Printer. So um, we've got some really fun guests lined up already for this season. We've got a couple more in the works. Um, And yeah, so we've also got a couple of other great episodes already planned and recorded. So We're cruising over here and we are so stoked to be back for another season. We've got uh, a lot of big plans for the year. So um, stay tuned. Love it. Bye. Bye.